Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Jordan and Taylor Burke. Jordan and I actually played against each other at the junior level playing hockey, and we played with each other during our lacrosse years uh, at the junior level and senior level. Taylor went on to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, becoming the captain of the Moncton Wildcats and Gatineau Olympique. I'm excited to have Jordan here to maybe give us a little bit of insight uh, of Taylor's life off the ice and maybe how he developed into this leadership role, becoming the captain of both uh, Moncton and Gatineau, two uh, prestigious teams in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Also growing up playing hockey in Halifax, but I'm sure we have some common stories as well. It's going to be a great podcast ahead. Sit tight. Here we go. All right, fellas, thanks for joining us. Uh, we've got Jordan, we've got Taylor Burke. You guys are a hockey family in Halifax for sure. Even your dad's obviously heavily <laughs> involved in the community. So, you know, when you both brothers can come at the same time, I appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt. Taylor graduated yesterday. Congratulations, yeah. sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. When I saw your picture Feels on Instagram, good. I didn't think you'd actually come here. <laughs> no. After you're here. <laughs> yeah. What'd no. you do last night? Uh, nothing. Just had, uh, had a couple beverages with some of the fellas. Oh, you're lying. That's yeah. it? That's it. All That's right, all. Then. It was a Wednesday night. Yeah, I guess so. But you only, how many times do you graduate? You only graduate once. That's fair. Maybe. Maybe you're not. A, you're a stay-at-home kind of guy. That's fair. Did you go? Jordan? I didn't go. No. no. I, uh, and then he was all he was all mad that he didn't get invited to lunch. I, uh, lunch? Yeah, we went, like, oh. after grad, we went out for lunch, and he was all offended that he didn't get the invite. But. Well, I mean, I sat through my older brother's. It was four and a half hours, and I sat through mine, which was three hours, and I was like, I'm not doing another one for Taylor. How long was yours? Like an hour and a half. It was an hour. Yeah, it's not bad. We were B, it, yeah. so you go just in yeah, alphabetical they, order? They, they went A to L yesterday, and then... Um, oh, so then the so other stuff today. in the morning, and then M to Z in the afternoon. Was it at the Metro Center? No, it was at it was at SMU. Oh, they was did it? it in McNally? I remember like two years ago. They or didn't they used to do it? at They used to do it at the Metro Center. Yeah, but oh. yeah, they used to combine sciences, commerce, yeah. arts, everything all together. So that's why ceremonies were so long. But now it's all <sighs> divided and split up, yeah. and then they do like the A to L, and then yeah. so on after. Did anyone do anything funny? Like you know, when people graduate, they'll like chug a beer on stage. Or yeah, anything no. viral? Nobody, nobody did anything <laughs> like that. Uh, a couple people took some selfies with the uh, the president and everything, but nothing too crazy or outrageous. Right on. Um, all right, well, let's get into it. Like, you know, we, me, Jordan, and I played together growing up, and yep. you kind of followed the way, and he, I guess you could say. I wouldn't say laid the path for you, but he was always a step ahead of you, and you were always coming behind. Um, you know, up through the ranks because you played McCain's too, right? Yeah, I played. So this was when they switched to Cole Harbor, so they they yeah. got rid of the McCain sponsorship. But I played one year in Cole Harbor. So how much did he help you coming up through even Halifax Hawks? Just always being able to ask Jordan, like, hey, so what, what's going to change here? What's going on with the major midget? Like, how how does this all work? He's even junior. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, growing up, like, obviously being around the rink, like. I was the younger brother, so yeah. when, you know, Jordan and even my older brother, Ryan, when yeah. when they were uh, at the rink, I had to go and yeah. show up. So, <laughs> Oh, your parents made you go, oh, like, yeah. watch? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, You got to. Yeah. <laughs> Don't pay you for a babysitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. So I did that, and that kind of, you know, that's kind of where my whole interest in hockey sparked and started, like, watching yeah. these guys growing up. And then going to Midget and stuff, like, obviously, I was around the team when he was with Cole Harbour. Yeah. I just saw the way it was run, the owners and everybody like that. So I really enjoyed that experience. So that was probably one of the main 
factors as to why I went to Cole Harbor. Okay. And then uh, one of my best buds who I'm still good friends with, Scott McSween, him and I came out of Halifax, so we went there together. Okay. And then, you know, I like all the people that I met there, you know, I still keep in touch with and cool. still close with, so it was an awesome experience. The, um, the trend of the High Button Podcast lately has been brothers. When Luke Green came on, I should have got his brother, Mac Green, I wasn't even thinking. But they always talk about these things uh, at home and the competition and how that makes you a better hockey player in person in life. Was there a, what was the competition at your guys' place? Like, did your dad put up a rink in the backyard? Did you guys have a gym in the house? What was something that kind of pushed you guys? We uh, we were a mini stick family. Mini stick, sure. Mini like, sticks. Any, anyone from the north end knows mini stick in the Burt basement. Jared Grant like broke his wrist, like slid his toe yeah. open, all things like that. We used to Jordan go. Jordan cross checked me into a couch. Who did, sir? Jordan cross-checked me from behind it or pushed me, I guess. And I went face first into the couch and my nose was a little tilted. And he oh, was yeah. like, he the was like, were ruthless, man. oh yeah. And he was like, okay, don't tell mom, don't tell mom. And then he just <laughs> and moved it and it popped back in and we were good. <laughs> and we, uh, yeah. we were young at that point. We were, yeah, I got a few stitches in the ear and stuff. Just, yeah. you know, you're hitting your head on corners in the walls. You guys stuff. have any like holes it, in the drywall? Oh yeah. It was full yeah. body contact. It was, yeah. it, was it was go. Bad. Everyone has a story about that growing up, like yeah. something. Well, Even we'll look at Crosby with the washer and dryer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Spencer Cameron's family, too, was a mini stick family. Oh yeah. Oh, imagine yeah. Riley and all them. Yeah. It's what you do when you're a kid, right? Yeah. You I gotta guess, find you know, something to entertain yourself. Exactly. You're playing Super Nintendo or you're playing mini sticks at the time. So. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't even know. I'm trying to think what I did. I was a big rollerblader. Really? I rollerbladed yeah. everywhere. We had a flat surface at my house. You were down in, down you in one of those rich uh, neighborhoods that had the, the paved ground. No, right? no, so no. no bumps. <laughs> Not this neighborhood. The neighborhood <laughs> down, it wasn't that good. But for some reason, we had a flat street and a big wall. Because that's how I started playing lacrosse, too. We had a big wall. And you know Mr. Fink. Oh, yeah. He had uh, sticks that were really cheap giving out to the neighborhood. And that wall and... I always worry about this. That's why I'm happy that you're a coach and I can talk to you about yeah. kids. Like, are kids doing this still? Talk about know. where you coach, first of all. Uh, so I coached with the uh, Dartmouth Major Midget yeah. uh, Steel Subarus. Uh, I did one year there this past year. It was my first year with them. But previously, I had done high school with Citadel High for three years. Oh, okay. So, I didn't know that. Uh, two, two years, sorry. So You played a bit with Citadel, too, didn't you? I played one year at yeah. QEH before I went to uh, Major Midget. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah me a, too. I was a lanky you know, undersized kid, right? So yeah. I was probably buck forty six one, right? You're not ready to play against the big boys like Hennessy and, you know, uh, the hums of the world. Like, I wasn't ready for that. So yeah. I played one year high school. We had a pretty phenomenal high school team. Yeah. So it was pretty good. So what made you want to get into coaching? Honestly, like – Does your older brother coach? No. So he, you're the – He refed, but he still refs. He does minor hockey and things like that. But one year I was – thinking about with uh my buddy chris kelly and yeah, justin chris. mcgilvery and yeah. we were saying man let's get a minor hockey team like let's go do an adam triple a adam double a whatever start young and work up because everyone and their dad coaches their kids team now right so yeah. you kind of got to start young if you're a new coach so we said let's do that and then we missed the classes the course to become a certified coach for hockey nova scotia so we we're like what do we do and it turned out that citadel high needed coaching a new coaching staff so we just jumped right in all three of you yeah all three of us jumped in and we did two years there so justin and chris were still there this year but i moved on uh joined the major midget ranks with my old coach steve kroll 
Anthony was talking about Kroll the other day, so mm-hmm. he's still there, eh? Yeah, that guy's a there. major he's, midget legend. He's a legend. We uh, we won our league this year, and we ended up losing in the Atlantic final in double overtime, and that would have been his thousandth win, major midget. That hurts. Yeah, it was brutal. It was a rough one, real rough one. That still hurts. Yeah, it still hurts. That still hurts. <laughs> I run some ice times, and I see the kids from our team, and yeah. it's just they're still hurt by it. So it's. You go all year, right? And you, yeah. You you win your league. The Nova Scotia League is by far the top league in Atlantic Canada. Is the for, Newbridge Academy in that league? No. So they re, they play in prep school leagues. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, my mistake. So they compete with like Rossay and yeah. some other schools. You know, in uh, I believe in Northern New England and stuff like that, like the states, and okay. they go to tournaments in Ontario and okay. stuff like that. Cool. So we we play them in the Ice Jam. Um, okay. We played the major midget team because they have a U16 and a U18 team. So mm-hmm. we played the U16 team and we beat them. But they're on par with the top teams in our league okay, for cool. sure. Cool. Um, Taylor, so let's get into you a little bit here. The old, Since Jordan let off with major midget, you played uh, – or they're called the McCains back then still, correct? Yeah. Uh, just Cole Harbor. Just Cole Harbor. Yeah, we didn't have a sponsor or anything, so it was just the Cole Harbor major midgets. The city, Crosby probably yeah. sponsored you guys. <laughs> <Some> <laughs> Cole Harbor. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, you had an incredible junior career. And, you know, at what point did you realize I, – I love asking this question for every hockey player that comes on because it's different for every single guy. Some guys develop early. Some guys develop later. What was the point where you realized, okay, wait a second, I could have a really good junior career here and, you know, potentially go on to some NHL, uh, you know, yeah, I, see some NHL eyes or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I would say I would say probably, like, I mean, Bantam, I obviously realized, you know, like – I was, my buddies, they moved away and they went to Rossay and stuff like that. So there was a couple of us that stuck around and we were kind of like the elite tier, I guess you could say here in uh, Nova Scotia. And then I went to Midget and at at the start of my year, it was kind of like, oh, maybe I can, maybe I can get drafted to the queue. And then I obviously went and I had a really good year Mm. and uh, it just kind of progressed that way. And then it was like, okay, maybe like, I know I'm going to get drafted, but maybe I'll go you know, in the first round and then it just kind of started snowballing and progressing there. So I guess that would kind of be the point that, you know, I realized, yeah, that, you know, is Kroll good at, is he good at telling you or is he what, like what's, because, you know, the major midget, when you're that young, you're like, holy shit, I could be playing for the, at, against the Mooseheads in front of 10,000 people. That's a big deal to a young guy. Don't Definitely. say it's not. No, it's, it's, all, it's huge. So, like, what, what, as a coaching standpoint, which way does he approach it towards you? It's like, okay, listen, you could do this if you do this properly or you could go play here. Or does he just not really tell you and say, like, you know what I mean? What, what's the method there as a coach? Well, I mean, I'm sure it's different for, for everybody, but, I mean, Obviously, like I said, I I was starting to get some like traction and you know talking to agents Scouts and stuff and like agents, that. Yeah. So when I was when I was a midget, I played uh, I played on the U seventeen team, Atlantic team, as an underager. Yeah. So I like I was playing with all the Q guys there and everything like that. <laughs> Were you holding your own? Yeah, yeah. So I like I played. I think I was on like the third line there, and mm. you know, as an underager, it was obviously a great experience. But mm. I went to the camp in the summer, and you know, it was great. And that's kind of when. You, you know, knew. yeah, that's kind of when I figured, okay, maybe, yeah. maybe I can do something with this. And the draft was in Gatineau, right? And you got drafted by no, Gatineau. it was in Drummondville. Drummondville, and you then, got drafted by Gatineau. Yeah, I got drafted by Gatineau. So, and you was, went to the draft, right? I went to the draft. What yeah. was that experience like? I, honestly, it was incredible. They like, I know the OHL and that it's kind, of, it's an online draft, but the Q, yeah, the Q they put on like it's basically like the NHL draft, like 
It's quite a production, man. Yeah. I saw the whole behind the scene things. You know, I tagged along as the brother <laughs> of blah blah. Like, so what happens like, behind the scenes? Well, like, he was meeting with teams with his agent and our family, and they were like, "Yeah, you come in too." I'm like, "Why the fuck do they want to talk to me, right? Like, why do they need my opinion?" So yeah, I wh- saw, what do they ask you? What well, they-, they just they they asked him his questions, they asked mom and dad questions. You know, the agent snowballs a few ideas at them and then they go what do you think and they looked at me like i was just like i matter nothing <laughs> in, this, in this right now like why are you asking me but it was it was pretty interesting because i mean i was a late rounder man i was like a ninth round pick like this guy's in the first round Good. talking to every team blah 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 so yeah. yeah i was just like i was there for the free trip really was there uh, was there food or anything at the draft sandwiches i don't oh, remember in the, in the back so it was like you went down and <clears throat> the draft started like probably like nine or ten a.m. Okay. So you get there and then once you get drafted, you go to like you go up on stage. Like this girl walks you up on stage. They take, take your, your jacket. Take your jacket. You get up there and yeah. you get the jersey. Like it's it's a, literally like the NHL draft. Jesus. It's a huge production. Yeah, it's televised in Quebec. Yeah. Like how we have Eastlink. Like yeah, whatever it's TVA TV or something. Sport. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to move that mic back a bit? Yeah. It's all right sure. if you're. They're and, fucking uh, terrible. that's all good and so then once you get like once you got drafted and took all your pictures and that the team would go back to their table and someone from the team would take you back and you'd go back and there was you had to fill out all this paperwork you got sized up for gear right there like are you serious they give you skates and all that like they get well they they get you sized up so that like when you show up for camp everything was right there jesus so like i i don't know if it was everybody did that but i know when i went it was like what what kind of skates do you wear? Bauer. Okay, well, go see the Bauer guy, and you'd get you'd go You're there. Pumped. He'd measure you up, and he'd be like, "Okay, this is you know these are the different skates. This yeah. is the different material." And you're like yeah. like a kid in a candy shop. That's you're a just big like, deal. Yeah, you're just like, "Come on, give it to me. Give me everything. I don't give know me the best you, of the best." Because me and we probably had similar experience because you went to the PEI camp and I went to the Halifax camp. Yeah. And you and I, I don't know if you had an experience like that where you got to try on all the gear first, but I know it pissed me off when i saw all these guys i think it was luca champini or who are someone went someone went first overall that year maybe it was brent andrews and i saw these guys come in and they got all the gear right away and they didn't even they, when i went they didn't even have my name in a stall they're like oh, who are you i was like belanger they're like oh well just like everyone had a name i didn't yeah. have any i was like those yeah. fucking guys no and that drove me to be you better. were a free agent invite right oh yeah yeah so i was drafted so they at least had me on the list they had you on the list jesus <laughs> that's um, good no, yeah, when I went to PEI, I mean, I went at 17, and they just moved from Montreal. They were the Montreal Rocket. Was so they, Duffy there? Duffy was there the year after. Okay, First-round pick that year was Brandon McLean. He was my line mate oh, yeah. in uh, Co Harbor. Okay. So I showed up there. I was 17, and, you know, they, they do the sizing thing when you get down to kind of like the last 25 guys, yeah. you know, like there's only a few cuts left. Like, you know, if you're going to be an AP – they want to be able to have your sizes and stuff like that. So that was my first time, you know, experiencing people trying to sell gear to you. You know, yeah. usually you're the one trying to get a cheap deal, but yeah. these guys want you to wear everything. Yeah. But when I made it when I was 18, um, that's when I like the first time, like I actually got to keep the gear that yeah. I tried on. Yada. Yeah. So, yeah, it was funny too. They always used to like, cause all the reps would come in like at the start of like once the team was picked, Yeah. reps would come in. So you'd have the Bauer guy one day CCM and like, when I first went in, Bauer was dominating. Like the they, go-to. Had, they had the whole market share basically. Yeah. So everybody wanted Bowers. Everybody was basically wearing Bowers, and then CCM, like they were starting to come on, and they'd kind of be like, "Hey, 
if you come with us, like we'll send you, you know, two, three pairs of skates a year. So that was kind of like the draw. You were like, okay, I'll take, if I get CCM, I get three pairs of skates. Like, yeah, that's not? what he's probably thinking. He's like, yeah, you're going with CCM. If yeah. they're sending you two, you're going to give me a pair. And yeah. then, and then like the graph guy would come in and like, he wouldn't have anybody. So our trainer would go gather all the rookies and be like, boys, go try them on. You don't have to wear them. Just go, go try them on. Make them feel important. Entertain the guy. So all of them would go out and they'd sit there, try them on. You just, they just lie straight to his face. Like, Oh yeah, they're, they're great. Like maybe I'll get them. You know, I'll just talk with our trainer about it. And that's rough. (laughs) Yeah. So 20 orders of Bauer skates coming in. (laughs) And then like when I was in Quebec too, 20 year olds got to choose the sticks that they wanted to use. So like, I used Bauer and Gatineau, we used Bauer the whole time. So that was like, that was awesome. And then when I went to Quebec, it was CCM, but the twenties and the euros got to choose what stick you want. So you could use whatever you wanted. So people always say like the Mooseheads are a great organization, but a lot of people say that the Ramparts is the best almost in the CHL, like up there with the London Knights. Is that true? Like what, yeah, what, they, what separates them from any other junior organization? They're just awesome. Like, I mean, honestly, there, there wasn't like one, like I played for Gatineau, Quebec and Moncton and like, they were all great organizations. Yeah. They, you know, they treated me very well. Um, Quebec, they just like, they have so much money. So it's like you would finish practice in the morning and then we had like a cafeteria. So they had a like lady come in and a chef come in and they'd cook all the food for us. So you'd just show up for lunch and it's like an NHL. Yeah. Team. Like it was like a buffet. You just go up and she'd serve you up your food, ask you what you wanted and you'd go on your way to school after that. So that's incredible. Yeah, it was awesome. And then if you needed any gear or you needed any help with anything, like they were always awesome with that. Uh, yeah. If you're going out for, you know, if you're going out, they'd give you taxi chits. So you didn't have to pay for a cab. And then like, obviously it's a safety precaution too. Like nobody makes sure nobody's driving. Yeah, drinking and driving, anything yeah. like that. So they'd give you taxi chits. Like even if you went out for a meal after the game and you were going to have a beer, they were like, hey, just take a taxi chit. So you just take it That's incredible. and it was like, you just sign out the amount, the tip, sign your name and you give it to them and go right through. Who owns that team? Couldn't even tell you. To be honest. Patrick Wall owns it. He's, he? he owns it now. Yeah, he, he owns was it a part, now. He was a part owner when I, I was there, but there was like a group of like five, six of them, I think. Gee, all you see NHL. a lot of old NHLers owning teams now, like yeah. Sean Couturier owns Bathurst, who just won the Quebec League. Uh, do you remember Jocelyn Thibault? Yeah, Bolton, I remember him. He owns Sherbrooke Phoenix. So a lot of those old guys, ex-players or some current players, own teams now. Yeah. Interesting. Because mm. Sean's a young guy owning T10, but isn't his dad involved? Yeah. Sean's his, his, dad? His dad's involved, and, like, he he grew up there. So, like, yeah. obviously he has strong ties to that area and yeah. stuff. You make so. a few mil a year, you can kind of own a junior team. So Yeah, and that franchise, like, I remember when I went into the league, like, Bathurst was kind of, yeah. And now it's like it's com- they changed it completely. Like yep. they cleaned house. Like their rink was, like we'd show up and we'd play them. So we they were always like our back stretch on a road trip, yeah. and we'd show up on like Sunday, and there'd be like they'd announce like total attendance eight hundred people, but it was probably like two fifty, and it, like it was like empty, like absolutely empty. You'd score, they'd score, and there'd be like no cheering, nothing. And then now That's it's rough. like. Now it's completely changed. Like it's turned into a great organization. Like it's a good place to play. Their rink's really? awesome. Like yeah, they I'd, sold out the whole year. Yeah, Did they? really. Yeah. I what mean, do you? Th- they were a highly touted team, and then they made some deadline deals, and they just sold out the rest of the way, yeah. which was pretty cool to see. What changed there? Just when the new ownership came in, yeah. like just the way they ran the organization, everything yeah. like that. It just 
they completely changed it and i i played with some guys in uh in moncton and they went there and they enjoyed their time there and obviously you know now they're they're quebec league champs so there you go awesome i i didn't follow it much this year when the mooseheads were out but i saw the tweets the other day of uh them winning which is awesome Mm. maritime team yeah i think it's the second time ever in their existence or something so they won that they won the league yeah it's um, the fact that you brought up ex-players owning the team. I wonder if Bobby Smith goes out, if maybe like Nate, who knows? Yeah, Nate knows? buys it, maybe, maybe Joe. Yeah, maybe, who knows? Because he's, you know, he's getting older. Does Joe, Bobby might have kids he might give it to or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I thought yeah. of that. Do you think they'll ever retire his number, Nate and Joe? I know Nate, obviously. Nate, uh, Nate probably. Um, I've always thought, I wonder if they'll do Joe. I mean, I'd imagine at some point, like, yeah. they were pretty prominent players and yeah obviously they're big names now and yeah. in the nhl but i like i just remember playing those guys like so we played them and when i was in gatineau we played them 18 19 in the second round yeah. and then when i was in moncton we played them in the second round so i played them three years in a row in the second round give me something man <laughs> the first the first year when they had like albatrouser firk like Hards. Um, I know you've had some of the guys on the cast, but from an outsider watching it, that's probably one of the best junior teams like ever yeah. assembled. Man. And that, I say that, that in London. They're, that London. I bought team. playoff tickets. Same. Like I had a, season a pass, tickets that year. Like who am I? Like I was 21, like fresh out of junior. Like yeah. I wasn't fanboying. But you're but not man, missing that. Not missing that. Like it's re- crazy. I remember the first game they beat us like eight one. And you're probably on the first line, second line, so you're going oh, against these guys. You're I, not just yeah, on the played, fourth line. It was like. I played against McKinnon, Druan, and Firk. Were you a centerman? Yeah. So you're taking the draw against McKinnon. McKinnon. So how strong is he on the faceoff? Yeah. Talk about like your forearms or your wrists after like. Yeah, Nate. Nate. Nate's a good player. He's a powerful player, <laughs> to <laughs> say the least. Yeah. But no, it was just like, and they they just had such like, and Fournier would play with them sometimes too. And Big he, ass. Yeah, and he was just a huge guy too. Yeah. So, it was just. They were all completely different players, but it just works so well. Like Nate, it, when you watch Nate skate, like he's just so strong and powerful, whereas Druan is just so like quick and Slippery. shifty. But Nate, it's like he takes one stride and you need to take like two or three to keep up with him. Like you just have to try and protect the middle and just not let them dance. <laughs> yeah. Try not to look like a fool. But Isn't that interesting? I love hearing this because you and I no idea what we watch. Yeah. But then when we hear Taylor speak about it, and it's just like, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. Like we play, we played them. They beat us like eight one, and then seven one in the first two games, and it was like, okay, this isn't gonna go too well. And then I remember we went back to Gatineau, and one game it was like, they beat us like five four, and we were like, okay, we're we're getting closer. <laughs> we're and then the five. next game it, again, it was like six one. It was like, oh shit. And then. The next year we played them, it was like, I mean, I think, yeah, Nate was gone that year. That was year. the year Ehlers and them were there. Yeah, so it was like Ehlers, Druan, and those guys, and it was it was more of the same thing. Like, first game, 7-1, second game, like, 6-7-1 again. And then uh, we actually, when we came back to Gatineau, we lost 3-2 one game and then, like, 5-4 the next game. So, I mean, they swept us, but we at least closed the gap a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like you just played you played those guys and it was like holy crap like you go out and they just had so much depth like i think i think the year that nate was there like we we had shut that line down like when they played us we had i think combined him and Druan only had like in the four games they had like three points and they were beating us like seven eight one yeah and they, they had like no even strength points all power play points but yeah. then their depth scoring like 
their fourth line could have been like a second or third line on any team. Like, do you remember what you did? Did you guys do like one three one? Did you do the trap? Did you do uh, one guy? Yeah, we we did one three one. We did. Uh, we did. I say just clog up yeah. the neutral zone. We, like one at one point, I think we had a one four. Like literally, just like you had one guy go, and it would like, I mean, they they'd line up behind the net and like. Nate or Joe would just Wheel. swoop around. So you'd have one guy just kind of pressure them, but then you'd just have four at the red line and just trying to clog it up <sighs> as much as you could. Because it was, it was just silly. Like, you'd go and they'd make you look stupid if you tried to, like, smoke them, if you tried to do anything like that. So yeah. you just kind of had to contain and sit back and hope you didn't get danced. Except your beating, yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah. No, they were – they that team was, like, incredible. I mean, obviously – I'm good buddies with uh, Hardy now, and mm. we talk about it all the time. Did you listen to his podcast yeah, when he yeah, was on? Yeah, he had yeah, some yeah. great insight. Oh, yeah. So just, like, that whole team, like, if you look at that team, how many of them are in the NHL, AHL, like, Europe, yeah. like, yeah, they were all yeah. they were all superstars. I actually, did you play with Seferis and Gatineau? Yeah, I did. Okay, that because he had the similar stories to you about playing and how yeah. strong they were down low. Yeah, just. it was, I mean, like I said, like, Nate was, like, if you – tried to hit Nate like he was he was solid but yeah. if you tried to hit Joe if you hit him like yeah you hit him yeah like you hit him good you can get but him. it was rare you, yeah if if you went to hit him and you missed you're on TSN the next morning yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's true I never thought of that because they're getting some exposure and yeah. at, so if they make you look silly oh yeah is that in the back of your head going no, into the game no, no no not really but when but it happens when it, it happens you're sitting there like uh they Nate danced one guy on our team. I don't even know who it was, but it made TSN like highlight of the night or whatever. And it's like you're sitting there the next morning, like you go in and you're doing morning skate and the TV's on before and you look up and it's just like highlight of the night comes from uh, Gatineau and you look and it's just Nate, Nate making somebody look silly. How often do you go up, Jordan, just to Gatineau? Because Moncton, you can make that drive anytime. Yeah, like, so even he, Quebec. Yeah. He, uh, when he was playing major junior, I was still in junior. Like we, I had two years yeah, yeah. where I was in junior and he was in Gatineau. So I didn't go out much then, but when, uh, when I was done playing, yeah, my parents went up every month to watch him, which is in Gatineau in Gatineau. Yeah. But I, I'd go up, you know, once a year to Gatineau, but he, anytime he had a maritime road trip or yeah. anything, I obviously would go watch the games. Yeah. Cause we like, we'd being in Gatineau, we only did, we did two maritime trips that sucks but it was like one was like moncton halifax and cape breton and yeah. then the other one would be like sea dogs pei and bathurst so it was oh like so you only played at the metro center once once yeah. once a year so that's rough yeah, yeah so it, i mean it was all right like obviously you move away at a young age and, and yeah. stuff like that but thankfully for me i had good billets and did you, isn't that yeah. such a huge key? Like talking oh. to guys, like billets are just like key to. Yeah. You, know, so you want to go home and be comfortable. Like I, I still keep in touch. Like last summer, last summer I went and uh, my girlfriend and I went up and visited my billets in Ottawa. Oh, yeah. Like just took a trip up there. Like still keep in contact with them. Like obviously I was there for four years, right? Like they were. Yeah. I mean, growing up, like that's your teen years. They were my, like they were like my family. I was I was with them more than I was my own family for most of the year, right? Yeah. And I'm sure most of the guys like from junior would say that if they had good cool. billets so this actually brings up something i could be wrong but did you have a billet in pei that you didn't like Are oh, you, you know, didn't so, you live in a trailer or something yeah so my story it wasn't as luxurious as taylor's you know he was the first round pick yeah he lived, first on, a, round he lived pick. on a golf course with a pool and, a golf oh, course yeah. with a pool yeah. they pulled up Rating though the very first day so 
he both of both of my builds were in the military yeah so like i was like uh oh like they're gonna be super strict and yeah. yada 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 but they weren't like that at all um so rick showed up to to get me and he was like he was like 35 minutes late, 40 minutes late. And I, <laughs> I was the last one with like the coordinator, the billet coordinator. Okay. And we were just waiting for him. And he just totally forgot like that. It was that day that he was coming to get me. Yeah. And I was like, like, what am I getting myself into? So he pulls up to some, like he pulls up, we start driving and he pulls up to some crack shack. Like, <laughs> Oh man. Just like it, it, like the windows yeah. were like, they were like, sh- uh, <laughs> there was wood shutters over them. Like shut. It was like, it was kind of like sinking down in the middle yeah. and he pulls up, he turns the car off and he goes, all right, we're here. And like got out of the car and then opened up the trunk and I'm sitting there like, what the, f-? like what's going on right now? There's no way I was like, uh, and like I'm sitting there, like I'm texting my parents being like, okay, like I don't think I can stay here. And like, he actually like, think I can stay yeah. Here. <laughs> <laughs> and he pulls, he pulls my bags out of the truck and like, I start to like wheel them up and, He's just like, no, no, I'm just, I'm just fine with you. Like, this isn't actually where we live. And it was just like, he, we got back in and we drove down and it was like, he pulled in and like the neighborhood was, it was beautiful. It yeah, was like it was right stunning. on a golf course, like yeah. in the backyard, like it was like 20 feet away was the tee box for the, the eighth hole. You ever like, get on the course? Oh yeah. So it, it was awesome. Like, and there was like no fence in the back, so you could just walk on and play a couple holes that's before. awesome yeah, yeah so it was awesome so that was his story <laughs> oh yeah so, <laughs> so i'm in pei camp and i know i'm making the team coming out of midget i signed my card yada and i had a buddy i don't know if you remember mike snow newfie uh, yeah, he up, bell. yeah he played for the wolverines instead of playing midget his second and third year so okay. he went to he went to qe with us in citadel okay so he was there and he went with his family. He texted me. He's like, I'm in a sweet house. I'm like, awesome, man. Like, you know, you're in the queue. You're thinking, I'm going to have a pretty good bill of family. Like, even if it's like a two-bedroom house, like, it's a – exactly. So, I'm driving. I have this nice old lady. She's she's in, like, mid-50s, I'd say. So, I was like, okay. Like, she's just doing it, you know, to help out local team, blah, blah. And I'm leaving Charlottetown. I'm, like, five minutes outside on this road. And I'm like, man, there's some really nice like farmhouses here. Like maybe she lives in one of these. Like this is this is pretty cool. You know, big lots. We turn down this road and I'm and we're going. I'm like, okay. And then I see a sign and it says like whatever the name of the jail is, like is at the end of the road. I'm like, I live by a jail. Sure enough, we take a hard left before the jail. And I can't make this up. It says Meadowvale. Like Sunnyvale Trailer Park Boys. Meadow but it's called Meadowvale, like a meadow, like a field. So we pull in and I'm like, I'm with my old man and I'm like, oh my God. Oh, you're with your dad. Dad was, we were following her. So I was just like, I'm living in a trailer park. Like, is that what you say? Yeah. My dad, my dad's dying laughing. I'm like, no, like this, I'm really mad. I'm like, this isn't happening. Like I just heard Snowy's in like a three floor house, like right downtown Charlottetown. Like I'm in a fucking trailer park. Are you serious? <laughs> so we pull in. Sure enough, she gets out. It wasn't the joke with the, with the house. Like it was for real. So I got in and I was like, you know what? Give it a shot, man. Like give it a shot. Like it was, I don't want to say it was a big trailer. Cause like it's a trailer. It's like the nicest trailer. It's the nicest trailer. She didn't have internet. No Wi Fi. She didn't have Wi Fi. So I'm sitting there, you know, back then, you know, Xbox Live, like the Xbox 360. You don't got Live. data on your phone at this point. You don't have point. data on <laughs> no, your flip yeah. phone, right? Like you have a shitty laptop. Yeah. You live on the internet, right? 
So I'm going, oh no. So we ended up getting internet there, but she was a sweet lady. She still builds today and she's one of the favorites. Like people request her. I can't say nothing bad about living in the trailer park because she was amazing. Her cooking was top tier. Like she treated me so well. And we had a French guy get traded to before the season started and he moved in with me. So there's three of us living in a trailer and he goes, he's broken English. He's like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Like tabernacle. So, but she's awesome. Monica, if you're somehow listening, like you Monica, were, yeah, she's a great billet and she still does it today in the same trailer park. Oh yeah. Bill, yeah. yeah. Billets are huge. Like you just have to be comfortable. Like if you're not comfortable and you're like away from the rank, you're not going to succeed yeah. at the rank. That's for sure. I know. I feel uncomfortable opening the fridge. Yeah. Just yeah. like yeah. making a sandwich. Well, it, it takes some time. You got to realize like they're being paid that like, your groceries are paid for, right? Like they give, they get an allowance per month. So if they're making, you know, say they're getting 800 bucks a month, like what a rent would be like you as a person are not eating $800 worth of groceries. Yeah. You know what I mean? So once I figured that out and the way she was cooking, putting out snacks and treats, I was like, fuck this, this is free reign. Like I'll eat whatever I want. Yeah. And my, yeah, my billets, like when I first went there, that was their first year billeting. So like they had never, they were new. Yeah. They knew the owner of the team and, um, he, he, basically just called them and asked him was like listen i have this english kid like you guys are english will you will you take him yeah and they said yeah sure like so they had a son who he was he's like he's probably in like adam hockey or peewee hockey that's always there and then they had a younger daughter so like they were like you babysit um sometimes yeah like but like i I was super close with them like i was close with that whole family it was it was a great experience like i have nothing bad to say about it there i think Safaris said that he lived on a golf course too yes yeah, Zaf lived down the street from me oh there so, you go yeah we like he was i would it was literally like i could probably throw a stone into his house that's always yeah. nice too just having like especially a maritime yeah, guy like, too and we we knew each other like because jordan played with costas so oh, okay and then Zaf was always like i think he was two years ahead of me so like i never played with him I'm like my first year his second year like okay. he would have been gone did you so, guys have any other maritime guys on that Gatineau team? Yeah, we honestly we always had quite a few. Like we had uh, Alex McDonald. He was from Moncton. Oh yeah, Amac. Um, yeah, yeah. Wes Harrett. Yeah, I know Wes. So yeah, we had we like we had a bunch of us. Like I mean that year, obviously, like the guys that I was closest with were Zaf, Amac, yeah. and uh, Wes. Whenever so. you talk to guys that go, like I was talking to Ryan Penny the other day about getting traded to. Um, Rouen, and he said that Liam O'Brien was there, and he's just like, it's awesome just to have a guy that's yeah. just from the Maritimes, especially and the, yeah, when everyone's and French around you. Exactly, and I so I went from uh, when I went from Gatineau to Quebec, like we had Ryan Gray's, Cody Donahue, like Alex McQuaid, McQuaid, uh, Kumo, in like Quebec. Had, oh yeah, we had like like everywhere you go, there's there's Maritime guys. Was like, Logan Shaw there? No, he was so he was gone. He, he was, was playing because I went there my twenty year old year, okay, so okay. he was he was long gone by then. But like. I don't know you, I like I I learned to speak French when when I was in Gatineau. Oh, you took courses, so, yeah. So I took university courses and worked with a tutor. But like, you don't even like. It's obviously nice to be able to communicate in both. And yeah, I was captain, so I you know I kind of had to be the middleman in the room and be able to speak French and English. Yeah, and then but realistically, like everybody speaks English, whether it's broken, broken, it's, English, it's like, all the same. I mean, you could probably attest to that too, both of you. Like, yeah. It's pretty. It, it was different when I was playing because back then they didn't have the rule where practices had to be done in English. So what, do you, I don't, what do you mean? 
So like it's a rule now where in the Quebec League where practices have to be done English first. Oh yes. Yeah, so yeah. like in PEI, we were like even though we were in an English market, like the whole team had just moved from Quebec, so it was a French organization. Even they, the coach? Oh yeah, like Guy Renard, like he played in the show, like he was a he was he was bilingual, but yeah. practices were French first, and they're explaining stuff on the board, and you know I'm an 18 year old rookie looking at everything he's saying the explanation's like a few minutes long then the english version's like 10 seconds I'm you're like, going to the back of the line going back time. to the yeah. line like go fuck myself right so we yeah we had one kid who couldn't speak a word of english like probably like the worst like european our, no he was french. he was french and our coach like our coach coached in the american league for a couple of years and then came back to gatineau and uh he was like there's no chance I'm doing this in French. Like, if you guys go to the next level, it's all English. They're not going to – and we had this one kid who didn't understand anything, and he always went to the front of the line. Like, always. <laughs> what an idiot. Right? Drill buster, man. And it, he honestly was. Like, every single drill, he'd fuck up somehow. Like, he just – Why didn't someone talk to him? You're the captain. You should have talked to him. I, th no, this was when I was 16. Poor leadership. Oh, you're 16. Yeah, I was 16, so I didn't say anything when okay. I was 16. <laughs> and I remember our coach, like, Ben was, ben was little. He had his ways. And uh, he would honestly just kick the guy off the ice every time he messed up a drill. Man. So this guy would practice probably like twice a week and then be in the gym the rest of it doing bike sprints Man, with our Man, Alex was telling me stories about your guys' coach and how sometimes there'd be a little like oh, – He's yeah. saying – I think he told a story about how one time you guys got back from a road trip at like 3 in the morning and you had to be at the rink at 6 in the uh, morning that was, to run around the rink or that was something. Like a date, that was like a – weekly occurrence so tell, talk about that what what happened oh or what, well, it was yeah that, that one we uh and why did he do it that one well just if we lost it was like punishment i guess like i remember i remember one time we uh we got to the we got back from a road trip super late made us show up it was always like he'd make a show show up super early we'd get there and he brought us in and like it was probably like 6 a.m. We have our gear, and he comes in, and the first thing he says is, like, take your left skate off. And you're sitting there like, what? So you untie your left skate, take it off, and then he's like, take your right elbow pad off. So you take that off, put your mouth guard in, take your neck guard off, and he just kept going, right? So we did this. I probably, That's like, tied, I probably tied and untied my skates, like, probably 20 times. But what's the point? Like, and, why? Then, and then he comes in and goes, you know what this was? We did it for like 40 minutes. And he was like, you know what this was? A fucking waste of time, just like last night's game was. And then walked out of the room. And you're sitting there like, oh, my God, it's 6 a.m. <laughs> I've had like three hours of sleep. Like, and so I he just, brought you to the rink just to do just that? Just to do that. Oh, yeah. But How fucked is that? It's yeah. crazy, man. It's absolutely I, crazy. I remember, yeah, I remember my first year, like, we uh, – so our team was so good. We had like – nine or 11 like somewhere in that range nhl picks yeah and they were all gone at the start of the year like all gone they all came back and when they came back we went like one seven and two Ooh. and like oh yeah it was bad and i remember we were playing in drummondville and uh we lost seven one and our goalie got scored on on like three breakaways like like it was it was bad and he was like an nhl pick for for uh new jersey and uh <laughs> He was, I remember our coach, like, we got back, same thing. Like, you always kind of got back around, like, 2, 3 o'clock. And I was a rookie, so I had to load the bus, unload the bus, all that stuff. So by the time we got home and got out of there, it was, like, 4 a.m. Yeah. And he uh, he got up on the bus and was like, everyone be at the rink. We have practice at 6, be here 45 minutes early. So we showed up at 5.15, and then we just, like, <laughs> we waited there because the doors were locked. He didn't let us huh. in. His car was there. I'm getting anxiety. Yeah, right now. I know. So we go in, we skate with our assistant coach for an hour and a half, like everything. 
we come off ben ben comes in we do video and he shows like our goalie getting scored on on like the three breakaways showed their goalie stopping one and then was like you see the fucking difference and just kind of like went around the room and just kind of like let everyone know how he felt like kind of told the nhl guys like listen like you guys are supposed to be next level like what's going on we're one seven and two and he's like you know what f this we're gonna go back out on the ice and you're gonna find out what a real practice is like we went back out and like there were like buckets in like the doorways and in the corners in case we threw up and we skated for like another hour and 15 minutes and this was like after the road um, trip after the road trip yeah oh yeah so it was like we played we played friday saturday and we did this sunday morning and uh I remember we were we were going and it was like he'd call you in and he'd ask you a question and if you messed it up he'd just be like over and back and you just have to do an over and back. Like, this is some like miracle shit. This honestly, is worse than that. Honestly, this is yeah. Worse. But the thing is, after that we went like fourteen one and two. Really? Oh yeah, like we like we were like one of the hottest teams. So it worked. It it worked. I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess. so. I guess you're. Just, <laughs> I guess. I guess yeah. mentally, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You're just so scared to mess up again after that that it's like that or you just realize like okay screw this guy like we're gonna play yeah. for each other play for us but honestly That's like true. It could yeah, work that way. yeah exactly and like it was once a year like we had something kind of like that but yeah. it, it seemed like literally every time that happened yeah. we all kind of came together and things started to pick up like honestly ben like ben obviously coached the world junior team yeah, i was gonna like, say he went on did to all, some good things yeah did all that he's in the american league now and he is honestly the smartest x's and o's coach ever like his in-game adjustments like everything like that like everything that he tells you is yeah. like he's so smart with it but i mean i guess he gets the best out of people doing stuff like that someone was telling me it was, it was obviously i think it was alex and it was a shootout i think and you guys put a player out who wasn't really a good shooter or something like that and the assistant coach was like why are you why are you to who's the head coach ben ben he's yeah. like why are you putting this guy out and he's like just watch this so this kid goes out and shoots scores and then the assistant coach goes to Ben. He's like, wow, you, you were right. And then Ben goes, yeah, it's not my fucking first rodeo. Just like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was always like that. And, like, Ben played to win. Like, yeah. there was no, like, there yeah. was no, like, messing around. Like, if you were if you were the top player and you were playing like shit, yeah. you were sitting on the bench. Like, but that's it what you look for in a coach. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's what you look for. Accountability. Yeah, yeah. Right? well said. Yeah, no, he, he was honestly, like, one of the best coaches yeah. I've had. Like, obviously, he was... You know, he little, had his ways. Yeah, yeah, he was a little crazy at times, but like, smartest coach I've had hands down. Cool. And you know, it was awesome. I, you know, you look back when you're especially our age, and you look at coaches like that, and you're like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. Now I understand why you did that. Definitely. Yeah. Even with like parenting, you're just like, oh, that's why he did that. It's oh just, yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah, and he was coaching GM too, so he kind of had like. Oh yeah, the whole had, saddle. Yeah. Right. So you just kind of put yeah. your head down and worked and yeah. did whatever he asked of you yeah but like you look at the guys that he's pumped at, pumped out like i mean he had claude Giroux come over got cut from the ohl er, claude got cut from the o yeah, yeah so he like he was like a nobody came over to gatineau and then just lit it up and like ben's ben's pumped out some like amazing talent yeah cool so it was good mm. oh. you're looking to get to <laughs> Yeah. What do you? Oh, you'd like to get to the Q level? No. Well, Why not? You, you don't ever say I want to go do that, right? Like I just do it now for fun to learn and. Yeah, but if you say you like it, back in hockey, but oh yeah, I mean. Why not? I mean, 
ants and them were here the other day if you said to them if i said to any of you guys would you want to coach in the queue i'm sure you all probably say yes like if you had been coaching right yeah i don't know it, it's it'd be, I, a yeah. sweet, it'd be a sweet gig it'd but. be it'd be better to coach at a hot like at like a competitive level like where you're at now yeah. versus coaching like minor hockey well it'd be great to coach and actually see what you coach be implemented into the game because yeah. when you coach younger guys it's, it's you know some guys but yeah the junior yeah. level it works throughout the whole lineup. yeah yeah for sure i mean yeah coaching at the younger levels you know about skill development yeah. it still is at the higher it's still levels re- but it's rewarding like, like the biggest difference i found going from high school to major midget was i could tell a kid something without showing him on the board and he understands it like they just understand hockey right like they think the game whereas the high school kids were like when's the next time i'm smoking a joint or when <laughs> when am i what are we doing yeah. tonight partying you know yeah. like so that was why i jumped to midget i was like i'm not a social athlete like i'm a competitive guy so yeah. that was that was where i wanted to be but if i if i could coach in the queue someday like yeah. i mean who knows right man why, why not? not you're young we're all still young you could do it I feel I was, old, but I'm young. Man, I was looking at um, who's the guy who coached Moosets, Duchard. He didn't start coaching until he was like 32. He coached yeah. one year when he was like 27, and then he started picking back. He picked up coaching again when he was like 31. Mm. Got an assistant job in the queue somewhere. Yeah. And I was also looking at uh, who's the Toronto head coach. Fuck. Babcock. Babcock. That guy didn't start coaching until he was like 29. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. It's one of those things. It's like people start coaching when they're done playing, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun, man. What I do you, recommend doing it. What do you like about it? You just like seeing your it's, your words of wisdom go into... Yeah, I mean, it's it's rewarding. Like, you made a point earlier in the podcast about how, you know, you see the game differently. Like, if I, I see these kids and how they act, I'm like, man, I was that piece of shit when I was 16, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I can see why my coaches were the way they were with me. Mm-hmm. But it's rewarding, you know? These kids look up to you. You're sort of like a uh, role model, like a role model, yeah. a mentor, right? And I'm younger to them in age. Like they could realistically be my brothers, you know, if I was the oldest, they were yeah, the youngest yeah, of yeah. three or something, right? So they kind of relate to me on a different level than say Kroll, who's like, you know, an older guy, like he's been doing it for so long. He's looked at like Yoda sort of thing. But like with me, <laughs> they kind of look at me as like, you know, the cool young coach type thing. So yeah. Yeah. it's it's really rewarding seeing guys like progress. Like I had a kid played high school with me for two years. He played third year midget like you did yeah. with us this year. He scored 50 goals and now he's going to play uh, tier two in Ontario, hoping to go NCAA. Like it's just that's a good feeling. Like, that's a good feeling. Right. But, you know, there's other kids like they ask you, what can I do to get better? And you help them and you see them get better. Like it's it's a rewarding feeling. For cool. sure, yeah. Who's the other coach there at uh, Subarus? Uh, yeah. it's head coach is Steve Kroll, and then there's Marty King and Mike Shea are the other assistants. Okay, I was sort of brought on as like a fourth guy because I'm doing my master's, so I wasn't supposed to have free time to, yeah. uh, you know, to be as involved with Citadel as I was. So okay. I said I'll be the, the fourth guy, low in the totem pole, with no responsibility. But it was too fun. I ended up being there like full time anyway. So. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, man. It's really fun. Man, I hope you go on to the queue. If you'd love to, you can do it. Why not? Yeah. Look, it's, at, look it, at Ryan Falkingham. He's coaching uh, uh, Rouen. Drummondville. Drummondville, sorry. Yeah. He went with Dom. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. No, I know. Crazier things happen, man. The hockey world's small. Like, it's really about who you know. Like, Isn't it? Everywhere man? I look now, like, Ants was sitting here. Like, he's a scout for Junior A. Like, you know, everywhere I go, there's a guy I played with in the rink somewhere. Like, Major Bantam. Like, mm. there's all my buddies are coaching in that league. Like, mm-hmm. Major Midget. Like, 
even the max like Cole Harbor I know all the coaches like mm-hmm. they were all there like coaches when I was younger or they're just guys I know from hockey so it's, it's especially re- in this province yeah oh it's super small especially man. especially yeah yeah you go into a rink everyone knows who you are like yeah. I was out at the Canada Games tryouts like they're the first year midget kids coming into our league just to watch right yeah and parents are saying hi how you doing I'm like who the hell are you like I got no idea who you are but they just people are so connected who, who with parents stuff. yeah talking. that's another oh, yeah. thing i always like talking about is parents and coaches and the politics and yeah especially uh we don't have to get into it but no. it's definitely an aspect of the game that oh, interests yeah. me well everyone sees nate and they all want the next nathan mckinnon as their child right so yeah. people just get this false perception of what their kid is and what their abilities are and it's like that's when like the craziness comes out mm-hmm. so it's like i don't know like our like our parents were never like, and don't I, my parents weren't like that either. Yeah, and I, our, to the, to this day, I thank them for that. Yeah, just like, not being involved in it. Like in like, I mean, obviously, like if you, they they told us like if you guys play bad, like you know, we don't have to like tell you you played bad. Mm. But it's like now it's you see parents like coming after their kids, saying like, like you got to be way better than that. get like, your gear in the car. We're going. Yeah, like, and it's I've like, seen that leaving midget games and that's not going anywhere that's going to be in hockey or in sports in general forever and it yeah and it's like just let them have fun like like once you get to major junior or junior a or whatever it is like it becomes a job like it's a business it's it's Mm -hmm. cutthroat like you can get cut traded like Mm -hmm. anything at any given time so like when you're coming up through minor or playing major midget, like those mm-hmm. are the most fun years. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you supposed get, to be fun. Yeah, you, you got to enjoy it if you want to be able to do it. On the other side of that, like I do agree with you, but I also think I always think of the other side of everything in life. And when it comes to that, I see parents putting so much time and effort into hockey. Yeah. As soon as they work their nine to five, they got to come home, cook dinner, then drive their kid to the rink. They're investing their entire yeah. life into it. And oh, yeah, when so. I do see a parent get upset, I'm like, ah, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. But on the other side of that, I'm like, you know what? It's all you're it, investing your life into this. Thing. Yeah. It's also yeah. how you handle it too. Like there's a time and a place. Like, yeah, if you're going to give it to your kids, like the car. do it at home in the car, yeah, like yeah. not in public, like yeah. not for somebody else to see. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, but like we talked about it kind of before, like we talked about like playing lacrosse and like doing all that. Like kids are just playing hockey year round now. So it's like, how do you guys feel about that from being a coach and a guy that uh, played a high level, still playing a high level? How do you feel about that? I think there's like less athletic people out there now. Like people are just, they're good at hockey. Like, I mean, I'm sure you guys can attest to it, but we could pick up a football, a basketball, a lacrosse stick, like any sport and be able to do it because we were coordinated. We were athletic. We were fit. But now it's like you could give some kids who play hockey a basketball and they're like missing the hoop completely like i hate that right <laughs> and it's like they're just there's not like well-rounded athletes anymore it's like singular sport athletes the problem with it now is is that everyone's doing hockey year-round that if you don't people believe you're going to fall off it's, and to some extent you it's you true, may yeah. it's probably true so i think in moderation playing hockey all year round like is fine like if you told me from may to august just to stay you know sort of in on ice shape you're playing once every two weeks or once a week like i don't think personally that's a big deal right but like we played lacrosse and soccer right like i was i was doing something every day the whole summer so doing hockey all the time like i don't know that's necessarily a bad thing it's just i would recommend people playing as many sports as possible like lacrosse was a great trainer for hockey man like hand eye you know 
you're competing. Like it's basically hockey and basketball mixed you're, into You're one. staying in shape. Like yeah. I know all three of us played a high level of hockey. When you when, like just like the summers, when you get out of hockey, you don't play it for a month. It takes maybe like four or five ice times just to get back in the groove. Yeah. It's just keeping your cardiovascular yeah. in shape, yeah. getting a feel for the puck again. Yeah. But and kids now are trained like kids are training though. Like think about an Adam. You were like besides like a plyometric session at Lee Algies when you were in like peewee. Mm. You weren't you weren't training. Like now kids like their season ends and they're in the gym and it's like in the gym? Yeah. Oh, in Adam? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Adam man. and Peavy, like, doing off-ice training and stuff like that. That's what I mean, like, oh, you mean, they're you going mean, like, lifting around. weights, or do you just mean, like, uh, or do you some, mean just, like, stick-handling? Like, I know no, there's that no. little stick-handling. Yeah, yeah, no, like, lifting weights, like, push-ups, like, pull-ups, like, and that stuff's good, but it's, like, you're, really? in, you're in, like, Adam and Peavy hockey, you know? Go be a kid. Go be a kid. Go play soccer. Yeah, go, go dig play in the baseball. dirt. Like, yeah. We'll get dirty. I don't know how I feel fun. about that. Yeah, it's a, it's one of those things. I don't know. I don't know if there's ever but a good balance or yeah. And like now, it's like if you don't do it, like you said, like the perception of falling behind. And in reality, like well, that's the key word. I think is perception. Yeah, like is it an actual? Are you actually falling behind? Yeah, like how if you're in peewee or even band. Like I didn't start working out till I was going into like first year midget or even after that probably mm. like I just did like the team stuff and all that but like being in the gym and lifting weights like I never did any of that until I was older but now it's like they're all just doing it and it's realistically like if you're in PB, like you're not gonna get that much stronger like you can't lift the weights properly you can't do anything like that so mm. just go have fun just stay fit some other way it's the way you, I you see you it. say it I, I agree with you you say it but I like you say they're training you around. I think it's going to stay that way. Oh, because if you yeah. you know the the rebels organizations, it's no more. No more. There's no kids. No. No kids playing lacrosse. No. Yeah. It's they all done. play hockey. All they year all round. play hockey. There's no more yeah. Northwest organization. Think of our and junior heard, team. We were all hockey players. All hockey players. Every single one of us. We whether you were high school in. or whatever, right? Yeah. Like that's just the way it was. That was like your your outlet to get away from the rink. You're in a rink, but and you were nice getting away that? from the ice. I remember walking into the lacrosse arena for the first time in the summer, and just smelling that uh, that spry field rink and just being oh, like yeah summer's here summer's, summer's here, here. <laughs> uh, i can't wait to get bruises all over my arms all over my legs and just yeah. compete other than hockey because yeah. hockey is like you just said it's all year round and that can take a mental strain on you at least it did for me man yeah. by the time i went at the end of the year june may whatever it was i was ready to just fuck off with hockey yeah even playoffs when the sun was coming out, you're going to the rink. It's like, don't get me wrong. I'm excited to play playoff but hockey, but you're excited for summer. At that I'm in point. lacrosse mode. Yeah. I'm in a different mind state. Yeah. And I, like, I don't know. I found for me, like when I was playing junior, like as I was growing up and going through it, once the season ended, like I obviously I wasn't playing another sport, but like I wasn't playing hockey. I wouldn't play, start playing hockey from the time my season ended until mm -hmm. like sometime in June or mm -hmm. July. Right. Like you'd obviously play the odd pickup game here and there, but like, summer training like being in the gym especially like all the local kids around here train together so like you're with your best buds in there like yeah it, it, that was my favorite part of hockey was where, like the summer training where's the place that luke green trains what's it called pro edge, pro edge. I, pro edge. I, I want to get the the head trainer for that guy in here and talk about like these younger guys coming up and how they're training all year round at this place because luke was saying the guys that are coming out of there too that train all year round Mm. As soon as they're done that, they're back on the ice. Yeah. And there's just nothing. So I'd like to get that guy in here and talk to him about that. Where do you train at? I, I just do it all myself. Do man. you? Yeah, I've got my own little... Your own little, little schedule? Yeah, my own little gym at home. So, yeah, I That's just cool. do it all myself. I used to train with uh, Alexi Pianozzi 
if you know that name. Subways guy, right? Yeah. He played for the Subways, yeah. yeah. Now he's actually the uh, strength and conditioning coach for, yeah, for Nate. But he's with Pittsburgh now. He got hired on with Pittsburgh. So yeah, he worked, When, he when did he get hired? This year. September, so, yeah. Do you know him well? Yep, know him really well. I'd love to get him on here. We'll see. Hey, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, uh, I don't, networking. Yeah, like networking. I, I don't know if he's coming back. I think he is because like, he's got a lot of clients around here. But Does he? He works with uh, Andy O'Brien, who's Sid's trainer. Yeah, I know Andy. So, like, well, I don't know Andy. Yeah, I know yeah. of Andy. So he'll work, he works with Andy and then like... Obviously, like he's got a couple NHL guys around here, like Andy McDonald, Nate, Sid, yeah, and then all the junior guys like PD and those guys who are in the American League, like all those guys would go to him. And that just goes full circle about what you said, how the hockey community in Nova Scotia is just so close. Like yeah. you name these guys off, but they're just a phone, a text call yeah, away. Exactly. Yeah. So no, that's crazy. Good. Yeah. Nova Scotia's on the map for hockey, man. Yeah. Well, they were actually talking about like yeah, it is. They were actually talking about. Uh, changing the quebec league to the quebec maritime junior hockey league instead of the quebec major junior hockey league quebec maritime maritime junior hockey league but i don't this was probably like this is when the That's moose said yeah this was when the moose heads won and the sea dogs won because then it was like i mean it it was the maritime teams were getting more traction and i mean you look at it now the moose heads sea dogs now bathurst like yeah. all these local teams are winning the league and going to the mem cup right so it's true so they were talking about it i don't know if it'll ever Happen, come, yeah. If it'll ever come through, but are you are you guys uh, getting season tickets this year for the Mooseheads since the Mem Cup thing? I don't know. I don't know if I can bring myself to do that. Well, yeah. Just grow up. Know. Just do it. Who cares? I, I think a few of our buddies are talking about like buying like four and like splitting them because yeah. you know with coaching they play Friday Saturdays. Like no, I'll be they? we're in the rink anyways. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm thinking about doing it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great Mem for Cup. the Mem it's Cup. Like, come man. on, you gotta. It's, yeah, it's a, yeah. The the city will be on wheels and <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. even this year, I'm sure they're. I'm sure. Well, congrats to Cam Russell, by the way. I don't know if he's yeah, listening on his so. contract, but I'm sure he's gonna have a busy off season yeah, of definitely. getting like the best talent. Oh yeah. Just think about it. Bobby's Bobby Smith is gonna be like spend the money. Yeah. Get whoever you can here. Trait. Yeah. And at this point, it's like, I mean, they've been they've done well for so long, but like. There was there was a like in the nineties they were when I played, the Mooseheads were terrible. Yeah, well that was the like, thing. Like when Jared, Brandon Reed, when Draining, uh, when no, Jared Grant like, was playing. Oh, so like, like they were terrible. When, like, when there was, I was two thousand yeah. people in the rink. Yeah, right. Like when like, Brandon Reed was there, like they were they were wicked. They were one of the top teams. I don't even and remember then, if they were good. I was just no, like, they were, and then they kind of like tailed off for a bit, and then like they started to come on an upswing. But it's like yeah, you don't want to like yeah, you have the Mem Cup. You want to win. You want to do all that, but you don't also don't want to sell the farm, sell the future. What do you mean? Just to win. Well, I mean, if you go, say you spend all your future capital and you lose the Mem Cup, then I, you don't want a four-year span of Where being you're absolutely abs- terrible. Because yeah. no offense to Halifax, like I've seen it that you played in it. Like when the team's not doing well here, no it's one bad. really shows up, right? No, it's kind of bad. But so there's that element to it too. The Brad Marchand deal. Sorry, Marshy, if you're listening. What was they, that deal again? He came from Laval or something? Uh, he came from Valdor. Valdor. I think it was Valdor. Yeah, because he went Moncton to Valdor. But they traded the farm for him the year that Voracek and them were here. And he was a scratch game seven in the finals against Giroux. And Marshall? Them. Oh, yeah, Marshy was. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, he was a Why 20. Why was he a scratch? Uh, he, he just was, wasn't producing? He was being a POS, I guess. I don't no. know. Sorry, Brad. <laughs> I don't remember that. Now look at him. He's Yeah, now he's a superstar. Yeah. So yeah. joke's on who, right? Yeah, exactly. Um. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Mooseheads do this year. Yeah, trying to get a couple of those guys on. There's yeah. one guy that impresses me there, Baron. 
the yeah. defenseman. Yeah. Justin. Saw that. Have you ever, co- you ever coached him? I, I watched him. He was in – this is my first year of Major Midget, so he would have been gone. But yeah. he's an excellent player, man. When I came back and saw him when I was out in Vancouver, I came back like the second day I went to a Mooseheads game and I saw him. And then I looked looked at the stat sheet and he was 16 on the point of the power play, yeah. running it. I'm like, whoa, wait yeah. a second here. This guy's yeah. something special. Yeah. yeah, Matt alluded to it. He's going to be a first-rounder, I think. Just watching him, like the way he skates, the way he conducts himself, like – He's gonna be a hell of yeah, a player. Yeah, there, there's some guys that like you watch them in midget and you're like they're they're ready. Like when I was in midget, I was five eleven, like one eighty five, one ninety. So like yeah, I was you were like, a big kid. Yeah, I was physically ready. But then there's like other people who were like, you know, they were five eleven, but like one fifty. So it's like you go out and you play against a twenty year old. If you're one fifty and they're two ten, yeah, they're gonna win that battle ten yeah. times out of ten. Yeah, right? so. absolutely. Do you guys know anything about this new coach coming into Halifax? Uh, yeah, Eric Veu. You right? know him? Yeah, so he was, I think it was Bakemo. Yeah, coach. he did Bakemo when you were yeah, playing. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't, like, know him or anything. But yeah. He won I mean, the Mem Cup with yeah. Schwinnigan when oh, Maynard and them were playing there. Yeah. They hosted. He, he, they got upset first round, and then they went to the tournament as the host and won. Yeah. He's got a pretty proven track record. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. should be good. Should be nice. Well, we're running up on an hour here. I got everything. Uh, I always say this. I got everything that I wanted from you guys. You know, you <laughs> covered everything pretty well. Do you got anything else you want to like say to the listeners or anything like that? No, man. I, kudos to you for yeah. doing this. This is really fun. You know, <laughs> seeing old buddies you played with, hearing stories like, you know, dudes, Anthony, like, knows really all those guys. Like, these are guys I grew up with. So hearing their stories, man, brings back brings back memories. Love man. it, man. Yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome. Good for you. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah well, thanks, thanks for having us. Hey, I awesome. appreciate. It was a lot uh, of fun. You guys are more than welcome to come back anytime. I love talking to guys and then saying come back in like two months and then we just kind of catch up. Yeah. You need to have uh, a you need to have like six mics in here and have like a hockey circle. Oh, I know. Just get or some beers the, going and stuff. <laughs> just I, you know what I was thinking about doing like a live broadcasting of like watching a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then get the camera on us and just like kind of uh, commentating the game. I thought that would kind of be cool. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. tons of ideas. If you, if you got like. Me, Sonia, Rickman, Hardy, all Hoyles, all yeah. those boys. Not Liam even Penny. mics, just like get mic'd up the wire oh, yeah. mics so you don't have this thing in front <laughs> would, of you. Yeah, that would be, a, yeah, I don't be know, quite the I don't conversation. I don't know what the ruling is on yeah. swearing, but you got to. Yeah, screw the fuck. Yeah. You say whatever you want. Yeah. Well, actually, where are you playing this year? I forgot to ask you. Do you know yet? Up I in don't, the air? No, I don't know yet. Um, so. If you stay in uh, if you stay in Halifax, I'm going to start doing this thing. like You know what mic'd up yeah, means, yeah. right? So like, I want to get players mic'd up. And even if it's for a practice, yeah, just yeah. like follow you with the camera. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And just like, just a bunch of guys, not even hockey, like lacrosse, like the senior league this year. I'm gonna get a bunch yeah, of yeah. guys mic'd up. I think that would be kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Straight they're always man. they're always fun to watch. You see them on like yeah. YouTube. You see like the NHL mic'd up. But like that's the thing; they're always yeah. NHL guys. Oh, why yeah. can't it be? You know, <laughs> why, why can't, can't it be? You go to a beer league. Yeah, and, you know, mic up the boys. I want to get Doodle like going on like oh, the man. baseball man. That'd be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to cut out half that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Out raw is better. Yeah, yeah, raw is better. Um. Once again, the listeners, I appreciate the support. Uh, anyone that's watching as well, thank you. Um, we have, uh, who do we got next? We've got Wayne Bedecki coming on Saturday, and we got Luke Monroe, a surfer from Nova Scotia or Halifax, coming on Sunday. That's all this week. More talent coming the week after. Uh, I'll let you know next week who's coming out. But for the, yeah, for the time being, thank you. Once again, go to Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, iTunes, like, subscribe comment all that good stuff i love you guys high button note